Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. shut iTunes now. Hold on a minute, people. My iTunes crashed on me right before the show, so of course I couldn't use it to do the show opening. But anyway, hey everybody! I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. Yeah, it is. All four of you in the chat room, you guys rock. Alright, so what we're going to do is we are going to share this out right now, and hopefully a couple of people will come in and see the show. Here. I'm gonna go ahead and. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna share this out. And those of you on Facebook, I wanna thank you for sharing this out. And if you're on YouTube, please do me a favor, share this out. It is so very weird that all of a sudden, nobody is seeing our show. Is this a coincidence or what? Hmm? And it used to be we get 700 people in here like that. Right now I have one. What does that tell you? If you're listening to the podcast, wow, that's crazy. I believe Bible News Radio is being targeted by Periscope, Facebook, and Twitter. I believe it because we are the resistance people. I know Alex Jones says he's the resistance, but the truth of the matter is Christians are the resistance in the world because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's right, people. So greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So I want to thank you for tuning into the show. Today we're going to be looking at this tragic, absolutely horrific thing going on with uh, teenagers. It's absolutely horrible. And there have been a number of suicides linked to this new game, this new challenge called the Momo Suicide Game Challenge. It's tied to the mobile app WhatsApp. And I tell you what, I actually watch some of this stuff and it is extremely disturbing. Extremely disturbing. Especially especially if you are a lover of life. I'm just saying that right now. Also, though, we're going to start the show. We're going to talk about some good news first. I don't know. It depends on who you are, whether or not you think this is good news or not. (laughs) Hopefully, you'll think it's good news. Uh, And that has to do with what's happening tonight with President Donald Trump and evangelicals in America. Some of the gay activist websites are super mad about this event. And, of course, they are targeting people like Robert Jeffress, uh, who speaks the truth on so many good issues. So uh, so we're going to start with that. But the first thing I want to do is I want to welcome those of you who actually saw the notification and came, came in, Melanie and Pastor Garrett. Thank you for coming in. And uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I actually think this is a conspiracy. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, just so you know. But I do think it's very odd, very strange that all of a sudden on Periscope, Nobody's seeing the show. It's very weird. You know what I mean? There's Steven. Okay. All right. There's three of you in, the normal people who come in. And uh, by the way, I should tell you, if you're listening to the archive of this, most likely you are. Do me a favor and join my text list. My text list. You can text the term Bible News to 33222. That's 33222. Text the term Bible News together to 33222 because then you'll get my text message on your phone when the show goes on and you'll get some other info from me uh, because I'm actually paying for this service and they're not going to be able to hide the text message from your from your phone so it's worth it to me to pay the little fee that I have to pay every month to uh, be able to do that for you so 
Uh, now, if Facebook decided that it wanted to actually be fair to their their people and actually set up a thing where you could actually pay just to get your stuff, for, you know, to all of your followers and do some weird subscription thing that would normal businesses would do, uh, I would totally do that because I think the almost 3,700 people that like our Facebook page would really actually appreciate it when things, you know, are actually seen and they could see it. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead here and share this out now on Facebook. And maybe three people will see it that can join us. All right. Okay. So there's a lot going on. The first thing that I want to do is I want to read uh, Psalm 139 to you. G- given actually some, not only some things that I, um, uh, and you can keep that up longer if you want, Randall the the text info um given my awesome weekend i first of all i have to tell you i had an awesome weekend i had a very and it actually kind of ties into this too i should tell you so over the weekend one of my best friends in the whole entire universe who i have loved for many years uh came through tennessee again to visit me on her way home to Texas, and just so you guys know, in Texas, uh, there may be, sometime in the near future, I may be in Texas to go visit her, but also to do a, some type of get-together, uh, you know, with those of you who are in Texas. And um, anyway, as I shared on my Instagram story um, yesterday, I think it was, if you um, don't believe that God is a... Uh, God who can restore things that are broken, then I have to tell you that my relationship with my friend Cheryl is actually evidence that that's true. God can restore what the locusts have eaten. And, you know, it's interesting because ours really is a story of spiritual abuse above all else. And, um, you know, it's, and this actually ties into this whole topic of suicide and everything else. So I hope you hear my heart on this. If you're a pastor, be very careful with how you treat your people. You know, if you are a pastor who bullies your church and you think you're disciplining them when you're actually in gross sin yourself, which is what was the case with the situation I was in with Cheryl, um, I would be very careful I would be very careful, Um, you know, and I want to do a whole show on this probably, but what I will say is that when people are genuinely seeking the Lord and they get hurt in the church, especially by church leadership, uh, you better be careful that you're doing it right, church leadership, okay, because people take their lives over things like this, people's faiths are wrecked, and people lose valuable time and healing opportunity when church leadership doesn't do it right. And God is very, very serious about those who he calls into leadership. Uh, and, uh, and I can tell you after not seeing my, my friend for 30 years in person because of what the church did, not what we did, but what the church did, um, I can tell you that it just concerns me all the more how, how, that there is such a deficit of actual love and true, true faith within the church. And that's not just my experience. I happen to know for a fact that the overwhelming majority of people that tune into this show have been alienated because of the church situations that they've been in. That's probably the number one person that tunes in. They either don't attend a regular church, they might go to house church, but they don't go uh, to a regular fellowship just because of the hypocrisy and, and frankly, the fact that they're not getting fed anything, you know, they they don't get the hope and the help that they need. Instead, they, they get the judgment and the condemnation. And, um, I'm just really lucky that my friend is still around because she didn't want to be for a long time. And I'm lucky I'm around, honestly, because I didn't want to be, you know, uh, suicide is not a, thing to be taken lightly. And when Christians are caught up in the temptation to commit suicide in the church, there's something wrong. And, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a couple of things and they may not be popular and you may or may not agree with me. That's your choice. But, 
but I am speaking on behalf of myself as well as people I know and uh, all that. And, and um, if, if the church as a whole would get into God's word, the Bible, and actually read it and teach it and apply it, then there wouldn't be a mental health crisis that we currently see. And if the church would begin being a leader with nutrition and health and exercise and eating correctly, we wouldn't have all these people on psychotropic medications that largely lead to death. And I know that um, <clears throat> there's a big, huge debate, and I know that some of these type psychotropic medications have helped some of you. Uh, I'm not advocating you going off them, but what I am saying is that the research shows they really don't help in most cases. I know they did not help me very very much, and um, they're way better godly n natural alternatives than the current, the current chemical cocktails that people are on. Uh, and it's not a shock that shooters out there are on them, and often people in the church who um, commit suicide take them too because they deal with anxiety and depression. I don't know. It, maybe it's just me. But when the Bible talks about how to deal with your anxiety and we don't do it, and then we go to a, another alternative cure and we end up dead, I don't know. It's just me. But we should actually do what the Bible says. If we did that, we would have less suicide and things like that going on. And, and that's not, I know that those are fighting words to some of you. I already know that. Because some of you are going to write me and go, you're... to which I'll say, I, I hear your heart. And I understand. I've been there done that <laughs> you know so um yeah anyway i could rant but i'm not going to rant instead let's read the word and let me remind you what god says about you okay um psalm 139 is one of my favorite psalms because uh because it it tells you the truth about about the lord it's a psalm of david and if anybody had to ever feel depressed or suicidal it might have been david because he killed somebody he had sin you know if anybody could have had a psychotic break it would have been david you know for what he did to his wife and uh as the leader and some other stuff and i just have to say that uh david didn't he was a man after god's own heart what he did instead was repented you know he came to terms with his his sin and he dealt with it in a godly way and he wrote this. He said, um, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, oh, Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but this is actually very powerful. If you actually think about that. For you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. That's right, Lord. Slay the wicked. Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed. For they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. 
Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. I just want to encourage you and exhort you that if you don't know this psalm, you don't, you haven't read it recently or meditated on it, I would, I would urge you to do so and to really get this into your heart because there's so much there, not only about who God is, but about who David is as a man, as a model for us in scripture to be like him, right? I mean, this is a guy that was a leader. He sinned against the Lord. He, he tried to cover it up. He got busted. I mean, Nathan said, you are the man, you know, I mean, he, he, he just, he, he got busted, you know, just saying, and God will find you out. Yeah, he will. So I want to encourage you with that. And then I also want to talk about Donald Trump a minute because the liberals are really, really mad right now at Donald Trump. Um, apparently tonight, Monday night, it says here uh, on CBN News, why the Trump White House is hosting a huge dinner for evangelicals tonight. Yeah, right there. See, Trump, that evangelical lover, the nerve of that guy. Anyway, it says here, a source close to the White House tells CBN News President, uh, a source close to the White House tells CBN News President Donald Trump and First Lady Melania Trump will host a huge state-like dinner tonight at the White House for roughly 100 evangelical leaders. They want to honor the contributions evangelicals have made to American life. Now, heart be still, when was the last time you actually heard anything from the White House honoring anything Christian, let alone evangelical? I I honestly can't remember (laughs) anything, really. It says here, many senior administration advisors will be in attendance along with more than one-third of cabinet members. Members of the White House's Faith Advisory Group will be there, including Pastor Robert Jeffress, who appeared on CBN's Faith Nation uh, to talk about the event. By the way, Robert Jeffress, in case you don't know, uh, has been a guest on my show, I think, three times at least. And um, he is currently under attack, especially by the, the homosexual activists, and some on in the liberal press, because <clears throat> whether you agree with him or not, uh, he's called out Mormons as false teachers, and uh, he's also called Islam not a religion of peace, and so they really don't like that. And he stands by traditional marriage the way God designed it, so they super don't like that uh, and all that. So anyway, it says here, this was actually the president and first lady's idea to have a dinner to celebrate evangelical leadership. The White House is very aware that evangelicals have been some of the staunchest supporters of the president. He won by the largest evangelical vote in history. He still has a 77% approval rating, and I think they're genuinely appreciative of that. That's actually a huge approval rating, by the way. (laughs) Jeffress also released an early statement to CBN's David Brody saying, looking forward to celebrating with President Trump and the First Lady his unprecedented accomplishments in less than two years. Uh, President Trump is the most pro-life, pro-religious liberty, and pro-conservative judiciary president in the history, which is why evangelicals continue to support him enthusiastically. I would also note, though, that Trump is also a little pro-gay, just so you know, in case you didn't know that. Uh, And some people have problems with that. Anyway, it says this, it's a devotion that won't likely change anytime soon. I would say The thing that would cause me to change would be, for example, if he, Trump, suddenly became pro-choice. If he started to say, well, you know what? We've had enough conservative justices at the federal courts and on the Supreme Court. We need somebody more moderate. Those things, I think, would cause evangelicals to turn away, Jeffress said on Faith Nation, adding that he didn't see either one of those things happening. It's interesting, though, because the homosexual lobby has gotten into the, um, the Republican Party with the log cabin Republicans. And as a result of that, there is now a larger faction of evangelicals identifying as homosexual. And so they're very, it's, it's interesting that they're not focusing on, on that particular thing, but just know it's there. So anyway, 
that's basically that article. And so it is good news, at least on the surface. And uh, I don't know. I might end up having uh, somebody on the show in, in the future talking about the deep state and uh, just kind of maybe getting an idea of um, what they really think of Trump. Because, you know, right now it doesn't look like he's bought and paid for because he's a billionaire, you know. But, um, you know, everybody has their price, so I'm told. All right. So with that said, now let's look at this Momo game. I have to give a hat tip to my friend Derek Gilbert over at Skywatch TV who brought this story to my attention. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have heard of this Momo game. How many have you heard of this game? I mean, um, can you like put a one or something on Periscope or on Facebook if you've actually heard about this game? Uh, this this is uh, a extremely troubling thing and I I actually just spent a c- couple of hours watching some YouTube videos and seeing some of this and and what it is and um it's horrible. Uh hi Paul. I see Paul over there on Facebook. So what this is in a nutshell is this is uh really grotesque. I guess I didn't send you the picture did I Randall? I, I don't think I did. Picture of what? Of the Momo picture. Of the character Momo? Yeah, the one that's taken from the Japanese artist that yeah. has so, really nothing to do with the... Right. So there's this picture of Momo, and, oh gosh, I, I probably have it. Do you, I don't know if it's in one of the articles I sent you. I screenshot it so I could send it to you. Let me look here. I still actually have it. I do, actually. Do you have time to put it up? Yeah, I think it's important that people see this. Hold on. I'm just going to send this to Randall so he can see this. So you guys can see this, okay? This is kind of important. My bad for not getting it to him sooner. Um, and my computer is super lagging for some reason. All weekend it was running super good. Now my show. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, well, I'm waiting for this to decide to let me upload the picture so I can send it to Randall. Or maybe you could just Google it really yeah. fast, and maybe your computer will let you do it. I have the spinning fireball beach ball of death over here. You're talking about the uh, chicken girl, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, the picture. Yeah. Now this is this is a uh, chilling. Okay, I do not know what the heck is causing my computer to lag. You guys pray, okay? Because this is not cool, and uh, I'm just having a problem here. Alright, it's just like, all of a sudden, my computer's locking up on me. Well, it is almost seven years old, so... I hope it doesn't decide to die right now, though. Okay. Alright, so, as Randall does this, I'm just going to read the article. Um, and this is from the sun.uk, or .co.uk. It's titled, Game of Death. Uh, teen... Death linked to Momo WhatsApp uh, suicide game as boy is found hanged with Illuminati and devil's uh, one eye scrawled on wall. Okay. Um, It says here, the 18-year-old named locally as Manish Sarki was found in a livestock shed in India on Monday. It says here, The death of a teenager who was found hanged has been linked to the Momo WhatsApp suicide game. The 18-year-old named locally as Manish Sarki was found in a livestock shed, uh, which had the words Illuminati and Devil's one eye scrawled on the wall. The private school student went missing from his home in Kursiang, India. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, so I'm just going to say India. On Monday, before his body was found later that night, police say they were examining the graffiti, which also included the hanged man, a drawing Manish's cousin says has has he's seen in a Momo app. Uh, this other guy told the Hindu Stan Times the game is responsible for a suicide. His mom, uh, Chandra Maya Sarki, told the newspaper, My son was sincere, hardworking, and innocent. He used to play online games. Uh, I strongly believe that Momo Challenge took him away from us. Several police forces have voiced their concerns over the sick game, which starts when players are sent an invitation to message an unknown member named Momo. 
Um, the avatar used by Momo is an image of a woman with grotesque features and bulging eyes taken from the work of a Japanese artist who has no association with the game. If I was her, I'd be really mad about this, by the way. The account sends violent images and instructions for potentially deadly tasks, and if the player refuses to follow the game's orders, they are sent threat threats. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in just a second. Some cases have reportedly seen the account threaten to share personal photos or information or warn of a curse from the disturbing character. It's been linked to the deaths of a number of teenagers in recent months, including a 12-year-old girl, girl who is feared to have taken her life after playing the game. In the latest case, police are hoping to unlock uh, Manish's phone to see if they can get vital clues on the reason of the suicide. It comes as one of his friends revealed he had told teachers at their school that a teenager would always hide his mobile while using it in front of people. Uh, and then the teacher says, uh, claims that a few of Manish's friends had played the Momo challenge but withdrew after some time. Uh, the police superintendent says officers are warning parents and pupils of the dangers of online challenges such as Momo. There's no evidence that the game has appeared in the UK, but it has appeared in Mexico, Argentina, United States, France, and Germany. And did you find the picture yet? Um, just of the, the, the sculpture or whatever. The picture, the, the ugly picture of the girl or the ugly woman. The picture of Momo. Well, I don't know what the artwork is called, but whatever. Okay, you got to put that up, though. Yeah. Okay. All right, so here's the thing. I'm just going to, if you go ahead and put it up, I'll just... I did. You did? I didn't see it. Oh. I just saw text. But anyway, okay. So anyway, I'm, I'm not going to read that part here. So let me tell you... There we go. Okay, so now here's... Let me let me tell you what um, I read and actually saw in some YouTube videos I watched, which was um, extremely disturbing. I mean, it's extremely disturbing to look at this picture. First of all, it's completely demonic, in my opinion. Whether or not the Japanese artist that made it or not wanted it to be demonic or not, I don't know. That's not the point. How it's being used is... Um, very scary. So WhatsApp, if you don't know what that is, it's an app that's a text messaging app. And in the video that I saw, I watched a couple of them, Momo uh, asks to be your friend. Somehow you, you begin chatting with this person or whoever. And then they start asking questions. And what's really creepy about it is the, at least the video that I watched with the chat that I watched was um, they, they, they asked, like the person said, like, you know, like, what are you? And Momo answered, I'm a, I'm a serial killer. And, and, and if you don't do what I ask you to do, I'm going to harm you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to, I'm going to hack into your phone. I'm going to come after you, that type of thing. And one of the things that that Momo said to this particular person was, um, "I want you. Let's. We're going to do this game. Let's start by cutting yourself first. I want you to cut yourself and take a picture of it and send it to me. And if you don't, then I'm going to come after you." And so, anyway, in this particular chat, the person put a picture. I don't know if it was their actual arm or not, but they put a picture of, it, of themselves cut and and uploaded it and and Momo was super happy about it and anyway it just goes and goes and goes till eventually this evil entity thing ultimately challenges them to kill themselves now if that isn't out straight out of the pit of hell i don't really know what is i mean you know the father of lies comes to kill steal and destroy you can't get much clearer than that i mean it's not like, oh, what does the devil do? Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's what he comes to do. Come kills, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So naturally, people are outraged by this, as they should be. And apparently, there was another game about a year ago called, I think it was called the Blue Whale Challenge, which was also another suicide-type challenge. And it is horrific, which is part of the reason why people, parents, really need to be aware of what your kids are doing on these phones and let alone the weirdos the pedophiles whatever they are that are on the other end 
Some people suggest that it's actually a, a bot that's doing it. I don't think so. I think that um, there is just nefarious evildoers out there who are uh, on the end of it and, um, you know, and all that. So it's it's just crazy. It, oh, you okay, you made it to Periscope, not the Momo Challenge. That's good. My grandson almost killed himself, and I'm realizing this could have been the game. Yeah, well, apparently in the last couple of days, at least four people have died, at least in the circle of people that I know. I'm seeing all these things all over the place. And um, the, the reason I bring this up, too, is because tonight my friend Vicki, you guys know Vicki Fitch. Uh, Vicki is going to be doing a special scope tonight at 6 o'clock. I'm going to, near the end of the show, I'm going to play her thing from earlier today. You guys can watch that. Uh, but I wanted to bring this up because yesterday also uh, there was a pastor in Chino, uh, in the Chino area, Chino, California area, um, who committed suicide. And he attempted it, and unfortunately he succeeded. Um, he was only 30 years old. Dave, um, um, his name was Andrew uh, Stocklin, or Stack, Stockline, I guess is how you say it, or Stokeline, I'm not sure. Hopefully somebody knows. But anyway, um, it's really sad. He was only 30. He has three little boys and a wife he left behind. And according to the Christian Post, uh, he was battling with depression and anxiety. And some of, some people think that it was actually tied to the death of his father a couple years earlier. Um, apparently he was a very popular young pastor, 30 years old, uh, at Inland Hills. And, you know... It's it it's tragic when your pastor kills themselves, okay? I mean, and if that's not the enemy on steroids trying to get somebody in the church, I don't know what is. I mean, hey, why not go for the pastor? Kill the pastor, then, you know, then what better way to discourage the whole church than to, you know, allow the pastor to um, do that? And I'm going to uh, um, just share with you because unfortunately, this isn't the first time this has happened in the last couple of years, okay? We know here on Periscope, people have committed suicide and people in our community have died. Um, but according to Lifeway Research, um, and in a uh, September 22nd, 2014 article from, um, or actually research study from four years ago, mental illness remains a taboo topic for many for many pastors uh, i'm just going to read you part of this article here uh, it says here one in four americans suffers from some kind of mental illness in any given year according to the national alliance on mental illness many look to their church for spiritual guidance in times of distress but they're unlikely to find much help on sunday mornings most protestant senior pastors 66 percent seldom speak to their congregation about mental illness that includes almost half, 49%, who rarely, 39% or never, or 10% speak about mental illness. About one in six pastors, 16% speak about mental illness once a year, and about a quarter of pastors, 22%, are reluctant to help those who suffer from acute mental illness because it takes too much time. So I, I have to tell you, I, I am probably at, I'm, my opinion of this is probably different than most people, but I'm just going to keep reading this. There are among the, those are among the findings of a recent study of faith and mental illness by Nashville-based Lifeway Research. Remember, this is from four years ago. The study, co-sponsored by Focus on the Family, was designed to help churches better assist those affected by mental illness. Researchers looked at three groups for the study, and they surveyed 1,000 senior Protestant pastors about how their churches approached mental illness. And, um, anyway, and then, and then it says here, um, they surveyed three, surveyed 355 Protestant Americans diagnosed with acute mental illness, either moderate or severe depression, bipolar or schizophrenia. Among them were 200 churchgoers. A third survey, uh, polled 207 Protestant family members of people with acute mental illness. Researchers also conducted in-depth interview with 15 experts on spirituality and mental illness. The study found pastors and churches want to help those who experience mental illness, but those good intentions don't always lead to action. Our research found people who suffer from mental illness often turn to pastors for help. 
said the executive director of LifeWay Research, but pastors need more guidance and preparation for dealing with mental health crises. They often don't have a plan to help individuals or families affected by mental illness and miss opportunities to be the church. A summary of the findings includes a number of what researchers call key disconnects, including only a quarter of churches, 27%, have a plan to assist families affected, affected by mental illness, according to pastors, and only 21% of family members are aware of a plan in their church. I guarantee you, if you talk to your church, there's not going to be a plan in most of them. Few churches, 14%, have a counselor skilled in mental illness on staff or trained leaders how to recognize mental illness. That's actually very true. When I was in my grad psych program, uh, I actually had, I think there was around 27 people in my program when I was getting my master's in clinical psychology. And of the 27 that were in my class anyway, there was one pastor in there. Actually two, two pastors in it. Uh, Two-thirds of pastors, 68%, say their church maintains a list of local mental health resources for church members, but few families are aware those resources exist. And family members, 65%, and those with mental illness, 59%, want their church to talk openly about mental illness, so the topic will not be a taboo, but 66% of pastors speak to their church once a year or less on the subject. So it says here, uh, the, because of that silence in the church, mental illness, um, you know, is, you know, people with this feel left out. And anyway, I'm, that's all I'm going to read about this. And I'm just going to share with you my thought on this. And that is, honestly, when psychology came into the church and infiltrated the church, I think it was of the devil. Yeah, you're not going to hear that everywhere, right? But this is what I think. I think that when the psychology movement came, the self-help movement came into the church and started to take away the Bible out of the context of the church, I think that was a tipping point in the church because I think there, since there is no discipleship, accountability, and real understanding of scripture and what God has given us in his word, I think the incidences of these things have actually increased. I also think the incidences and the rise of psychotropic medication by the uh, psychopharmacologists and the, the pharmaceutical companies have overtaken the world. And I can tell you just from my training in a Christian school on that topic, um, that their goal, and this was literally actually stated at Vanguard University of Southern California Christian School, that their goal in the psychopharmacology world, in the in the pharmaceutical world, is to get everybody on, on antidepressants and some type of psychotropic medication, which have been proven to be completely ineffective when it comes to actually curing and addressing the issues of depression and anxiety. In fact, the, how do I say this, the propaganda out there is that, you know, you use SSSR, it will mess up, you know, it will help your brain and all this other stuff. The The reality is that if you actually did your research, you would know that, that the serotonin isn't even created in your brain in the first place. It's created in your gut. That's why gut health is, and your nutrition is extremely important. And that's why all throughout scripture, when you read, especially in the Psalms, you read about depression in the gut and, you know, things that talks about the gut, the mind in the gut. That's where the cure is. It's in your gut, not your brain. So my, my argument, you can hate me if you want, is that when you're on these drugs, it's messing your brain up, and that's actually what creates the chemical imbalance. So then they give you another drug to try to counteract that, and next thing you know, you're all drugged up and you're a zombie, and or you become psychotic and you try to kill yourself. And um, I know that's not popular, but I walk down that road. And, you know, whereas I know that some of these medications can help, I was on Lexapro for probably five years but when I went off it, it was like going off uh, dr cocaine because I was addicted to that drug. And that's the other thing that they don't tell you. They lie to you. They tell you, oh, these drugs aren't addictive. That is a flat out lie from the pit of hell. They're completely addictive. Just not in the same way that you would think cocaine and uh, other drugs like that are. Or sugar, as an example. And that's the other thing. If you are eating a ton of sugar, you are intentionally, whether you know it or not, you're putting yourself into, you're putting your body into a depressed 
state when you're on sugar, okay? Sugar, I think, is like, what, seven times more addictive than cocaine. I mean, it's ridiculous how addicted we are, we are to it. And, I mean, I know, this is my testimony, but I know going off these drugs, I was on, look, I'll tell you the drugs I was on at one point. I was on Prozac way back in the day when I first married Bareface. That stuff almost made me, you want to kill everybody. I mean, I, I felt homicidal on that stuff, okay? That was supposedly the great super drug of the day back in the 90s, mid-80s, 90s. I took Stelazine. They put me on that. You know what that's for? That's antipsychotic drug, Okay. Just because I was in a hospital program, the, the psychiatrist there said, oh, yeah, you need to be on drugs. So they put me on an antipsychotic drug. I wasn't psychotic. Then they put me on Wellbutrin. And my therapist actually said when I was on that stuff about a month, she didn't know I was on it. She was like, oh, my gosh, you're more depressed than I've ever seen you. You should get on an antidepressant. And I told her, well, I'm, on, I'm taking Wellbutrin. I took that for years. You know what that's designed for? To help you get off cigarettes. I never smoked. But that was a classic antidepressant back then. I also was on Ativan, which is a very popular anti-anxiety medication, which I happen to know one friend in particular that that got herself up to like something like 30 milligrams of Advan. Okay, because it's so addictive. You start taking it and all that. The average person on Ativan, you take a half milligram of that, that'll knock you on your butt and make you sleep all night, okay? So to get, like, that much into your system to, because you build your your um, thing to that, right? Your immunity to that. Then, because I was struggling so much with anxiety and I did not want to take Ativan, even though I had it at my disposal, uh, my, my therapist uh, go-to uh, psych, uh, psychiatrist recommended me to go on some other stuff, which I can't even remember the name, but I literally remember going on this stuff. Randall can tell you, it literally felt like something black was pulled down over my eyes and it was supposed to help me with my anxiety. And supposedly it was one of the best anxiety meds out there. And I actually went to that doctor and I said, he was absolutely crazy. He called me nuts. He did, uh, essentially. Well, it's all in your head. And, you know, this stuff actually helps everybody. You're one of the few people that, you know, is, you know, whatever. And, and I said, I ain't taking this stuff. And I, that was it. Then my mother died and Lexapro came out. I took that. And I have to tell you what, man, that Lexapro, that actually worked for me. I was like, oh, my gosh, this stuff works. But even in there, there came a point where it didn't work. And so after I had my hysterectomy, which was, you know, a massive, you know, a major operation, I told Randall, I said, I can't do this. I had tried to go off these medications on my own. And every time I got to a place where I was super angry, I wanted to kill people. I'm not exaggerating. I wanted to kill people. I was violently angry. And I, I, I said, screw it. I can't do this. I just can't do it. But I didn't want to be on them. And so... When I had my hysterectomy almost 10 years ago, I went off it, and I had about four months of what I call withdrawal and hell, because the anger and, and all that stuff, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not on them now. I'm not, on no, I'm not on nothing now when it comes to that stuff, nothing at all. And I started doing research, and I found this organization that talks about the dangers of psychotropic medication. And we've talked about this here on the show. All the shooters that go out and kill people are always on them. Coincidence? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think, I think it's planned. And think about this. Remember when Katrina took place? You know what the number one drug everybody wanted? Now, I got this report specifically from people in a church who went down and was trying to rescue and help people there. The number one drug that people wanted wasn't their blood pressure medicine or, or diabetes medicine that they were looking for. It was their Prozac or whatever the antipsychotic or anti-anxiety med that they were on. That's what they wanted. Because you think about it. You drug the masses with this stuff. You control the mass. If you don't take this stuff, you're not being controlled by it and dependent on it. And I know that that's not popular, but, you know, I'm just saying my own experience in almost 50 years of marriage, I had about 20 years of my life taken away from because of that stuff. It messed my health up. 
Um, and uh, it's taken me a long time to bounce back from the effects of it. There are so many natural alternatives. If you're anxious, try essential oil. Use lavender. Use LXR or something like that from Spark Naturals. You know, exercise. Get off your butt. Go do something. Walk. You know, I don't care how long. Ten minutes. Just get up and walk. That will help your anxiety. I used to suffer from massive panic attacks. You know, Randall could tell you. He, he walked with me through the whole thing. You know, he's, my, he's my, my testimony. If you're depressed, get up and walk and cut sugar out of your diet. I guarantee you, you do those two things, your mood will start to lift. Because sugar is a natural depressant, and when you're not exercising, you're not getting what you need to help your body do what it's supposed to do. God designed our bodies for exercise and to eat right. And I'm not perfect at it, but I tell you what, I play 12 hours of pickleball a week. And I'm a pretty happy person. I like it. My body hurts, but, you know, hey. <laughs> Other than that, you know, I'm not walking around on some med that's zoning me out claiming that, you know, it's supposed, it's, it's helping me, you know. Um, and so I'm just saying the church... You know, there are well-meaning, there, there are people in the church who are trying to help address these issues. I don't agree with how they're trying to address it. I think we need to get back to the word of God. We need to trust him at his word. We need to take him at his word. And we need to apply his word to our heart and our mind. Right? I mean, that's the truth. And, um, and I'm not saying it's easy because it's not easy. It's hard. But Romans 12, 2 says to be not to be conformed to this world. What's the world doing? It's getting all drugged up. That's what it's doing. It's sitting behind computers. It's, I mean, it's doing all this stuff, doing everything it can, right? It says not to be conformed to the world. Don't do that. But to be transformed, which is in the Greek, it means to be continually transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you can prove that God's good and perfect will is there. I mean, that's Romans 12 too. And then in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, I think it is. Well, I think it's 6 through 8. It tells you the stuff that you should dwell on, what you should think on, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, just, of good, good report, etc. Think on these things. And then what will happen? The peace of God which will rule over your heart. That's God's word. Now, if you're not doing that, you're not going to have peace. That's the truth. Now, is it easy? No, it's not easy. I'm here to declare it's not easy. But it is doable. And that's where we need to have stronger church leadership. And we need to have pastors in there, you know, and shunning the psychology of the world and lifting up the scripture and saying, look, people, here is the scripture. Let's look. Let's do it. You know what? Hey, take and I'll challenge any of you. If you struggle with any of these issues, take Philippians 4, 6 through 8, and where it says whatever is true, lovely, just, etc. Take one of those attributes a week. You know, focus on whatever is true. If you find yourself going and focusing on something and you're like starting to feel depressed, ask yourself, is this true according to God's word? Is it true according to God's word? Is this building me up? If it's not, then you rebuke that. You don't rebuke. You can't rebuke that. But you, re you rebuke the enemy. And you take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, and you lay down those lying, vain speculations. And I'm just, you know, I didn't expect to go down this route. But I will say, that's in Corinthians, I believe. That when you take your thoughts captive, essentially picture that. Like, here's your thought. There it is right there. You take a lasso. You just put a, put a lasso around it and choke it. You know, <laughs> just choke it. Take that thing captive to the obedience of Christ. Your thoughts. Bible says you have the mind of Christ if you're a believer. Did Jesus suffer from anxiety? Nope. Did Jesus suffer from depression? Nope. He was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. That's completely different. But he didn't walk around depressed. He didn't walk around like thinking about suicide and how he was going to commit suicide. No, his mission was way greater than that. We have at our disposal God's word, which is why in the church, the devil has been so great to bring in self-help programs, all these other things, and totally remove the Bible from the church, you know, and all that. So, uh, 
anyway, so let me know if you want me to talk more about this. I have to move on because Randall's like, you got 10 minutes. Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm just adamant about this. And I love the church, which is why I have to say what I say. Because, you know, honestly, you know, it's more than just saying, oh, honey, I love you. And I'll take care of you, blah, blah, or whatever. I'll pray for you. No, it's way more than that. You have to walk out. There is a cost to your discipleship, right, in Christ. And it's time. And it's time in word, it's time in prayer, it's time in honest confession before God, and, and it's all that. And to those of you who are going, well, what about bipolar disorder, and what about, you know, schizophrenia, and things like that, which are genuine um, brain disorders. I actually would challenge you to do some research on that, because if you actually do some research, one thing you'll find is that these disorders, those two in particular, don't exist in third world countries. Uh, and where people feel stressed and they hear voices and different things like that and they claim it's a brain disorder. If you go to other third world countries, uh, you'll find that when somebody's in that stress type state, what they do is they set them aside. They let them rest and get their body some rest. They put them in communion, community, com community where they get time to heal. Um, <clears throat> and I know that's super controversial, but um, anyway. Yeah, just saying. All right. Okay, so I have a sponsor or two, a couple actually. Uh, so I want to thank Ariel Ministries, first of all, for being my sponsor. And thank you guys for the comments. I do see them in the chat room. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with the teaching of Dr. Arlo Fruchtenbaum, I guarantee it will change your life if you get into it. Randall's been doing Life of the Messiah from a Messianic Jewish perspective for, for well over a year now, I think. And um, you can save 20% uh, when you use coupon code Bible News. Uh, and you can actually go to our website at BibleNewsRadio.com. You can go there. You can uh, see other resources that Ariel provides. And you can also download this month's Bible study uh, about how God is, is uh, uh, ministering or what is it? Why is God saving Gentiles yeah, today? Why, why is God saving Gentiles today? Because he needs us to go share the gospel with the Jews in part. So that is uh, all those resources are there on the page. And, you know, those of you who actually uh, buy stuff from Ariel, thank you for doing that. And let me know if you have, because I just want to say thank you to you personally if you have. Um, the other thing is um, that Randall and I are, you know, we were invited to go to the Prophecy Watchers Conference in October. Uh, we're still looking for about $1,300 to help us get there. Uh, and I know you guys love what we do. If you're here all the time, please consider donating to that so that we can go there, we can get the interviews and share with you what the top Bible prophecy F uh, experts are saying uh, about the end times that we're currently in. And if you don't think this is actually rise of the end times, I, you know, we are, just so you know, um, please consider sponsoring us if, um, if, you know, you want us to see that, see that content and do it without adding an additional financial burden onto us. Um, you know, we gotta, we gotta pay our expenses. They waived the registration fee for us. So, um, we just, but we just have to pay our expenses. All right. And there's also a possibility that when we go there, we might be swinging through Texas. So, uh, depending on where you're at in Texas, if you are where we might be going, then, uh, you know, might be opportunity for a Bible news radio meetup finally in Texas, which would be super cool. Uh, also, those of you who are pillars of our community, I just want to say thank you again for donating to our cause there. You know that your your support really does help Randall and I uh, continue to do this every day. Uh, and uh, I know that you're getting a lot of value when you become a pillar. So thank you for doing that. You can do that at BibleNewsRadio.com as well. And certainly, but not least, let me talk a little bit about identity theft. Uh, because uh, today I actually read a couple articles, and I want to end the show by sharing with you one article. I think I already posted this in our Legal Shield group. If you're already a member of Legal Shield and Identity ID Shield, um, you really need to pay attention to this. Okay, so there's an article over on the Herald Review uh, titled "Police Decatur Woman uh, Trying to Get Back $1,300 Taken by Identity Thieves." Uh, it says here. Um, that listen listen to this it says a decatur woman is trying to get some thirteen hundred dollars refunded to a store credit card after telling police an identity thief had used it to buy two nintendo game consoles and an apple watch detective sergeant chris copeland with the decatur 
Uh, Police said Sunday the 35-year-old woman's problems date to May when she got an email from Best Buy saying her orders were ready for pickup. The store where those items would be ready for pickup was in Davenport, Florida. Okay, so she's in Decatur, I believe, which was in Illinois. Uh, Anyway, he said the victim contacted Best Buy right away and was in regular communication with the company. She was then told she would need a police report and filed one Friday. And this is why I'm sharing this article. Listen to this. Copeland said that one of more than 80 open cases waiting to be assigned for investigation. Roughly half of them involved some kind of identity theft and increasing portion of police work. So you have 80 open cases and 40 of them are identity theft related people. You got to get your ID collect, ID shield. Okay. Now, if you're a small business, let me also mention this story to you. This is on Business News Daily. What is synthetic identity fraud? Listen to this. Identity theft is the term that most are familiar with. It occurs when someone else uses your name or other personally identifiable markers such as birth date, social security number, or email address without permission to commit fraud. By the way, after this, we're going to play Vicky's video too, so we're going to run over a few minutes. Identity, identity theft can happen to an individual, but it also can happen to a small business owner. So those of you who are small business owners, this is important. It's a crime that's easy for fraudsters to commit and difficult for victims to rectify, rectify which is why you need ID shield people. Because thieves are increasingly acquiring stolen information through data breaches and other security, security incidences, <clears throat> business owners must be vigilant about protecting customer info. Because fraudsters are smart and don't want to get caught, they are changing their tactics. And one way they're doing this is through synthetic identity fraud. And that is when a criminal combines real but often stolen information like a child's social security number with a falsified name to perpetuate fraud. All right, so it says here, unlike typical identity theft, the pieces of fake information make the fraud harder to trace and the the identity difficult to verify. I actually read three other articles today that specifically talked about tips to help protect your child from identity theft. Uh, And that's what this says here. A child's social security number is key. Fraudsters go after a child's social security number in synthetic identity fraud for a simple reason. The child doesn't have a credit history. Then they combine that number with identifiers from someone else. They apply for a loan or a credit card and get denied because there's no credit report available. Keep in mind, most creditors do do not verify full information when people apply for credit. They only check for a credit record. The denied request for credit then becomes part of the synthetic identities record. And on the next attempt for credit, the identity shows a record of applying even if it still has no credit history. By the way, this is why teenagers are also high risk and they're one of the highest risk groups because around 16, 17, they start getting credit cards and then they start having their, you know, credit reports and all that other stuff here. goes on to say, well, how do you get, how do you find a social security number for a kid? They can use a source like SSN Validator to find legitimate social security numbers based on the number formatting, according to Frank McKenna, chief fraud strategist for Point Predictive, a leading provider of fraud solutions to banks, lenders, and finance companies. And it says here, once they have that number in hand, fraudsters then often open up a new phone number through a service like Google Voice or a burner phone uh, so they can be called but no one can trace them to a specific phone. Um, and and then they can start applying for this. But this is why I wanted to see this too. They want your EIN number. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's your, uh, that's your, um, that's your number that a lot of employer identification number. Yeah. That's the number that small businesses use. Like me, I have an EIN number that I use instead of my social security number. Well, if somebody could get that number, what mine is, then guess what? They can totally, you know, commit fraud. And they won't get a lot of money out of my account. But <laughs> but the point is, is they're going after that. So it says here, synthetic identity fraudsters can bypass all kinds of filters and checkpoints businesses set up for identity fraud and cybersecurity. And they often target small business and entrepreneurs who deal in the financial industry because it's easier to slip through their systems. Um, anyway, so it goes on and on. Then it talks about how you can protect your EIN. Uh, and how to do that and all that. So I just want you guys to be aware. This is the end of the month. Some of you guys I have actually 
had meetings with this month about securing your protection with ID Shield. It's only $9.95 a month. Um, I really would like you to sign up this month. That would be really helpful because the sooner you're protected, the better. So um, get in touch with me so we can get you signed up. Uh, it's not because I'm going to get rich. It's because I want to help you. Uh, and if you're interested in becoming a um, associate and, and starting your own company, I want you to know that we, at least on my team, have the most stellar, awesome uh, training on top of the Legal Shield training, which is absolutely awesome. But Vicki Fitch is actually trained, doing special Legal Shield sales training with my team, and uh, she rocks. So I'm just saying, if you want to join the team, do it now before the month is over. And let's get you started on earning some money for Christmas and your life. It will help you out. You can get in touch with me, and I'll sign you up for Legal Shield as well, if you're not already a member of that as well. So um, now, with that said, Vicki tonight is doing a special show on her show, and I thought we would just go ahead and play her three three and a half minutes video so you can see that. Join her tonight at 6 p.m. Um, Pacific time on her Facebook page where she'll be. So you can go ahead and play that now. Okay. Can't believe this hour's gone by so fast. Hey everybody, Vicki Fitch here, your direct sales expert, author of 12 books and 12 months. Thank you for being here. Um, if you don't know about my BHAG, my big hairy audacious goal, I am publishing 12 books in 12 months. Um, every day I come on and give you an update of how I'm doing the progress of the books and give you a word for the day. Uh, today's word of the day is suicide. Um, there uh, recently, uh, there's been a mass amount of suicides going on yesterday. Um, both, a, a local pastor and someone that we knew, uh, had, had uh, committed suicide. He tried to commit suicide. He was on, um, life support for a day or so and, um, and did not make it. But there's another child here. Um, anyway, I'm going to be doing a broadcast about it this evening, but I brought it up today here because the book I'm working on is called You're Broke, Not Broken. And we need to recognize that when people are feeling challenged financially, oftentimes their mind does go to um, getting out of the pain, getting out of the stress, and getting out of the anxiety they're in. And I want to, I'm doing a big broadcast tonight. I was going to do a big reveal, but I'm going to do a broadcast tonight about it, about how we can help, how we can be part of the solution, right? Thank you, Judy. Um, yeah, a neighbor, one of my neighbor kids came up to me yesterday and said, I really need to talk to you because he's really struggling with um, two of his friends that have actually died from committing suicide and, and four others that were hospitalized. And so... It's something that we really have to talk about and recognizing that children are experiencing one thing, but adults can experience another, you know, and, and financial difficulties can often be a catalyst for people believing that they're not enough. And I have a program called the You Are Enough campaign that um, is based on inside the book of Ictibully in your head, but I've also added more components to it here in your Broke Not Broken, and it's a, something I'm doing inside the schools. So if you know someone who... Um, you know, has a child, somebody who's um, in the school district or a church or an organization um, that that needs to bring hope, then you need to be on the broadcast tonight. Uh, I'm trying to get the whole web page up. You know, I hadn't intended, I, I don't have my first uh, event to do until October, but it's obviously really, really needed right now. And so I'm um, going to start delivering that message as soon as possible because my heart is broken, recognizing that people have a loss of hope when we for when we lose hope that's when we start thinking about alternatives that are not going to support us um, that's when we forget how important we are and that our value has nothing to do with our bank account our value has nothing to do with with the trolls of the world or the people of the world that are hurting us or saying things that are terrible so uh, i hope you'll join me tonight on uh, instagram facebook live and periscope at 6 p.m i'm gonna hopefully if my wi-fi is working i'll also be here on youtube because this message has to be told so i appreciate you guys thanks for being here i did uh 2,683 words uh, this morning and my, my first round of writing. So, again, I appreciate your support. I appreciate you being here. If you're not part of the Fitch 5000, I hope you'll go to VickiFitch.com slash 5K and join that journey. Um, 
and then you know be part of the you are enough solution so and if you guys are local here in the chino area i'm actually going to speak on it um at cbp tomorrow at denny's in um, chino so uh, message me if you need details and you're in the area uh, i really like i said we got to get this message out we need to give people hope so i appreciate each and every one of you i want to remind you like i always do to dream it believe it and achieve it ciao so uh hey everybody yeah so anyway i uh um, just want to encourage you to uh, check that out tonight. You guys know Vicki. She has a, she really has a heart for helping people to, you know, um, deal with their issues and stuff. But just remember the, the number one answer in life is Jesus Christ. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. And he came to deliver us from sin and death. And he did all of that when he died on the cross for our sin and then he proved it by by rising from the dead and and coming back and appearing to all the people that he appeared to and the good news is he's coming back again just so you know so um just remember jesus is the answer his word is the answer it has all the answers uh we just need to begin to really dig deep and to walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling of his name <clears throat> and to obey the word right that's what we got to do, people. Um, so that's my show for today. And again, that's Vicki Fitch, uh, V-I-C-I-V-I-V-I-C-K-I-F-I-T-C-H.com. You can go there and learn more about Vicki. All right. We will see you, uh, Lord willing, tomorrow. And I think we, I'm not sure yet we're, what we're going to cover. I'm not sure if we're going to do the marking of evil or marking of homosexuality part four, or if we're going to be talking about this or some other stuff a little bit more. But uh, thank you for joining me. D don't forget, you can text me at 33222, the term Bible news. Get on my text email list, list and also join my email list at BibleNewsRadio.com. All right. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Remember, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. He really does.